So John, we are here at a friend's house, Terry Tyson, a beautiful home here in the Black Forest, just north of Colorado Springs. And I have been wanting to bring Terry on since we started this podcast four years ago. But when I first asked Terry to come on, he was like, I prayed to Father, it's not the season, not yet. Was, was the answer. And every time I would ask him for like the next year and a half, two years, it was not yet, not yet, not yet. And it was finally, I'd say a couple months ago where he finally gave me the green light and said, yeah, now's the time for me to come on eternal leadership. And you had the opportunity to meet Terry. What was it? Probably about six months ago, maybe. You know, you guys have all heard, you know, Steve and I have shared our journeys and what we've just been doing our heart for what we want to do through business and through the lives of people all around the world. And if you guys have heard maybe from my voice, I think the growth that I've personally felt and experienced in my understanding of, you know, who God is, Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and what it means to grow in not only a relationship with them, but harness the potential, the perfection that they, in which I was created, not for my own glory, but for his glory. And then I am harnessing that through what I'm doing in the world through business. And that growth was precipitated and shepherded through Terry, who spent some time discipling me one-on-one. It was powerful. And I could not be more excited to share my friend Terry Tyson with you all. So, Terry, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. So I set this up in such a way that um, when, when I introduced Terry to friends and such, So four and a half years ago, probably, I met with Peter Wagner. Peter introduced me. He was one of the very first eternal Mm -hmm. leadership guests. Peter brought me over to his house for lunch. We had Subway sandwiches or Quiznos or something like that. We rode ATVs. We rode ATVs around the property. And at the end, he's like 90. Oh, my gosh. Peter was a gem. I loved Mm. the dude. He had the most Mm -hmm. mischievous laugh. It was that's how I want to be when I'm that age. So at the end. Peter was like, okay, I have four people I want to introduce you to. Terry was one, Rich Marshall was one, and then Becca Greenwood, who's been a guest mm-hmm. on this show, was another one, and then there was one other that really nothing ever came of that. We had a couple of conversations, but this guy right here, Terry Tyson, I tell people, and I set it up, he is one of the most wise people I have ever met. I would agree. And, and when he speaks, I have to stop and I have to kind of digest what it is that he just spoke into my life. It's just like E.F. Hutton. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All of our listeners that are my age and older just got that reference. All you millennials out there have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm going to tell listeners right now, you, those of you that listen at 2x speed or 1.75x speed or 1.5x speed, this is one you may want to slow down to one. Or one and a quarter. Or maybe even 0.75 <laughs> because so often he will say something and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to digest on that for a few days because he speaks in mysteries that in my spirit I know are truth. And so Terry, my man. <laughs> I love you like few other people in this world. So it's great to have you on. And Terry, I'd love to have you start by just having people get to know you a little bit. Just kind yeah. of share your whole story, your journey. You've been very successful in business, but it's kind of a unique industry. Ranching is where you've, right? So, But I'd love for you to just kind of share your path, your journey up to here. So one of my fun stories to share is um, you can imagine this little boy about four years old. 
and his dad's a rancher, and his dad just delights in taking him with him in the pickup to go out and go down to the barn, get the hay in the back of the pickup, get the 100-pound gunny sacks of feed in the back of the pickup, and then go out on the ranch and feed the different groups of cattle that are in the different pastures. So this is one of my fondest memories is going with my father. So we get over the hill to the first group of cattle. We honk the horn. They all know the horn means chow time. So (laughs) here, here they come and they gather around the pickup and you wait till they all get there. And then my father surprises me. And we're sitting there in the cab of the pickup. Mm -hmm. Now I'm about four years old. So I'm on my knees because I can't sit down and see out the windows and see the cows. So I'm on my knees right there next to my father, working with my father the way I was created to be at four years old, side by side. Mm -hmm. And he looks over at me and he says, you drive. And he puts the pickup in gear, lets out the clutch, grandma, of course, which is the lowest gear. Uh Uh-huh. Let's the pickup start going under its own control, and he jumps out the door. What? He jumps out the door and says, you drive. And you're four. And I'm four. So <laughs> I grab a hold of the steering wheel. He jumps in the back, puts out all the feed, gets all the cows fed, pickups moving along. I'm happy as can be, man. I got the wheel in both hands. I'm locked in. I think I am really important because I'm helping dad work. By driving the truck. I'm driving, and he's working in the back. He gets it all done. He jumps back in. He grabs a hold of, he moves me aside, praises me for doing a great job because I drove and we got the cows fed, and he seated into me that delight of working with father the way we were created together Mm -hmm. getting the job done Mm -hmm. at four years old and it was one of the most happy moments that i can ever remember because it aligned me Mm -hmm. with how father in heaven Mm -hmm. has aligned us to work with him at work at home wherever we're at in nearness And just think of the nearness I had with him in that front seat. He loved to pull me up in his lap Mm -hmm. and let me put my hands on the wheel and him begin to put his hands on top of my hands and teach me how to work and move with him. Mm. So it was an outward picture of what he likes to do with us now of living on the inside of us. And we get to be his hands and we get to drive Mm -hmm. we get to work and we get to have this belief system that activates him with us on the outside or with us on the inside yeah so i just threw something at you it's a little bit different belief system most of us have been trained in the church that holy spirit's down here Mm -hmm. christ is ascended he's seated at the throne next to the father they're up there operating in dominion, always watching over us, always caring for us, empowering Holy Spirit with us down here Mm -hmm. to help us move and be the Christians who we're supposed to be and to walk and fulfill our destinies. 
when God began to challenge me that that all that is absolutely true. It's foundational. He says, Terry, it's more multidimensional than this. Mm-hmm. You've got to open up and see me in the dimensions in Scripture so you can begin to open up friendship with me, not only from down there trusting me up in heaven to watch over you, but I need you to come up here and to sit next to me. In fact, you know the word, Ephesians 2, 6, by grace you have been saved, Mm. and I raised you up, and I seated you next to me in Christ. That's a now reality. That's a different dimension. It's a different realm. Will you believe that you're down there, but your spirit is created like me, and it can move in more than one dimension or one realm at but once? In, in Ephesians 4, 6, is the other, seems like it's the other side of that, right? Could right. you share about that? Well, let me go to the other verse that's so clear on this, Colossians yeah. 3, 1 and 2. Okay. If then you've been raised with Christ... Keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated next to the Father. Yeah. It's that verse. Yeah. That's a different realm. It's a different dimension of belief. Do I believe he's with me down here? Yes. Do I believe that I'm with him up there? See, that's the challenge of those verses. We're seated in Christ next to the Father up there. So when you say you as a person, a human being here in the world, people listening, right? When you say I am here, but also seated with him up there. Yeah. Can you share what you mean by that? Yeah, because that's a great question. And most Christians, we've all operated in this and maybe not even realized. For example, the verse in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 that we can boldly come before Mm -hmm. the throne of grace Mm -hmm. to receive mercy and grace in time of need. I hear Christians trust in that verse all the time. They'll make some comment, let's boldly go before the Father and ask him in prayer. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to go somewhere in prayer to actually do that verse. That verse tells you to specifically where to come. Where is that? Before the throne in heaven above. How do you do that? You close your eyes like a little child, and you go there in prayer. And your heart has so no can, problem going there in prayer. And do you consider, when you know, if I kind of go in my own prayer closet, I have a place that I pray, like sitting in my chair, close my eyes, and I'm really in prayer. From what you're saying, that is coming in front of the throat. Yes. And or is there more to it than that? It's maybe a little different for each one of us. Mm-hmm. But when our heart gets into prayer, and we all know what that feels like. Yeah. We can pray out of our head, and it's just dry and rote. How many times have we prayed the Lord's Prayer just because we were in a place and, and it... Habit it, it, prayer. I call it habit prayer. Habit prayer. <laughs> but we know those times when there's situations driving prayer in our lives, yeah. and our heart comes alive, and our heart in prayer connects. In it, prayer. it may start out crying out, but then mm-hmm. it begins to connect. Mm-hmm. And what's happening in that is we're choosing in prayer to draw near to God. Yeah. And He promises if we draw near to Him, mm-hmm. He'll draw near to us. Mm-hmm. And he loves to do this, especially when we're children. Mm. 
of where that childlike faith grabs a hold of him in prayer. And we begin to develop a life of grabbing a hold of him, especially in times of need, boldly come before the throne of grace to find mercy and grace in time of need. So when you think about this journey of where you're at or where our listeners are at, almost everybody I meet that's walked with God for a long time, there's two places they've gone multiple times in prayer and they've got fabulous results because they've gone into nearness. Mm -hmm. One is they boldly come before the throne and they've connected and the Father above has met them and met their needs. And then there's grace and mercy now coming with them back down out of that prayer time to help them with their practical problems, whether it's a child, whatever that situation is. They are getting help from a father who immensely loves them and loves to answer their prayers. And when you say boldly come before the throne, what does that look like? Well, let's go into that for a sec. Okay. okay. A servant has the right to come hesitatingly to the throne. A servant that comes before the throne is always questioning their performance. Was I a good and faithful servant mm. in the assignment he gave me to go do? Mm. And he was watching. He knows. He knows all. Is he pleased with me in my performance? And a servant always wants to hear those words. Well, well done, done, good and faithful servant. And the church has done a great job of training us to be diligent and faithful and have integrity and have persistence and to go after servant leadership and serving others. It's a beautiful and right foundation. I think the devil has worked hard to keep us in that servant identity that doesn't break up to the next level and to step into sonship that loves to serve. Mm -hmm. Because see, a son that approaches the throne and he knows his identity is settled in being father's son. Mm -hmm. He knows father's smile for him. It's the daughter that knows that twinkle in her father's eyes. She has his heart and she knows when he sees her, it doesn't matter how busy he is with the kingdom. There's a smile coming on his face because his daughter has caught his eye and here she comes. Mm -hmm. It literally interrupts him out of all the kingdom business that he's powerfully focused on. And then the delight of my daughter, here she comes. Now, she knows if she's got his eye that way and that sparkle and that twinkle in his eye. When she sees it, she knows she has favor to draw near. And she can boldly with confidence. She knows how to maintain protocol and to come up and go through protocol of bowing before the king. Mm -hmm. But she's not content to just stay right there. Right. She's daddy's girl. Mm -hmm. She's going to get that hug mm -hmm. from father who's on the throne. And she'll go through the protocol, but she'll go right up into his arms and nothing can stop it. 
So she can boldly come before the throne in a way that a servant leader never can. Yeah. Because he's always basing his approach and his favor and his ability to be accepted on his performance. Now think about how well, all of us have been... that's where I come from. You know what? As you were talking, right? Those words of affirmation, being told, hey, John, great job. I'm proud of you. Even if it's not from a dysfunctional place, yeah. but I do good work. I fed the cows great. I did whatever the goal is doing to get the affirmation has been important to me. And you said something I want to ask you about, because I know it's something I have really worked hard on and still continue to work hard. When you said her identity, you're talking about this beautiful young woman, her identity is settled in Christ Jesus, right? In Father God. And there is a huge gap in most people between the identity that they're aware of, that they see when they look in the mirror, and that identity that is settled in Christ. And I think this gap, right, is used to, I believe that we are, our potential is limited because we're chained to this false identity. And when I read the verse, right, that, you know, to set the captives free, to break the chains, that's what I'm thinking of. It's not physical. It's actually who we are spiritually into our potential. And people listening, you know, is there, how do you help people as you disciple people and work with leaders to kind of identify, you know, almost kind of where I am, what God created me to be, and how do I close that? Sure. Does that make sense? Picture this for a second. Mm-hmm. Picture this throne room with Father mm-hmm. seated there. Mm-hmm. And for just a moment, we're going to pull Christ out of that throne room. Mm-hmm. Okay, We're going to put him outside. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the doors to the throne room closed. And now Christ is going to come in. Okay, And he's going to approach the throne mm-hmm. as the favored, beloved son. Okay. Just imagine how he can boldly come. And nobody honors the Father like Jesus does. Right. So you have no problem seeing how he can even bow before the Father because there is this hierarchy in the Trinity of how much the Father is loved by the Son and the Son submits to the Father. Mm-hmm. You see it in Scripture. And the other is true. The father even submits to the son because he so trusts him, and Mm -hmm. it's beautiful. But imagine how powerfully and boldly Christ can come before the throne. Mm -hmm. Now, let's back up. Mm -hmm. Let's go back outside the door. Mm -hmm. And there's that beautiful daughter of the king. Mm -hmm. And she knows who she is in Christ. And she knows who Christ is in her. Mm-hmm. Now she, the door's open to her. Mm-hmm. And she's not only carrying the beauty of who she is as a redeemed daughter in Christ and the beauty she carries just in who she is as a person, mm-hmm. but she also knows how beautiful Christ is in her. Mm-hmm. And so she's carrying this outward beauty that's her. But she's carrying this inward beauty that's Christ in her. Mm-hmm. Now think about how she can now approach that throne because she's settled. Oh, my father, he loves seeing me come as my daughter. You know the picture I just had as you were talking? 
it's the prodigal son, prodigal daughter. But she enters the room and she just runs up to daddy and he steps down off of the chair and I could just see them embracing and he trolls her around and says, love you, honey. Yeah. Right. How's your, you know, what, what is it? And I, and everybody else is there waiting for them to have their conversation because it's so important to him. It's like the whole place goes on pause yeah. because it's a glorious moment that's right. Yeah. It's right in every dimension because that's who he created her to be. And he created her to come home to his arms so that they would stay together from then on. Yeah. And all of us are challenged with that. This is an inside out thing. Our relationship with God really is an inside out thing. It's not a hymn from above mainly to us down here. It's, will we develop a belief system from the inside out to be who we are from our hearts, who he is in our hearts, and how we live from the inside out? But this picture we're talking about above, see, it's securing nearness Mm -hmm. with our Father in a dimension of relationship that he wants to have with us. Yeah. Ephesians 4, 6. Yep. One God and Father mm-hmm. who is above all. Mm-hmm. See, that's what we're talking about right now. It's him on the throne. It's the daughter boldly coming before the throne of grace, coming to him, and nothing can stop that hug that's going to happen. Yep. Because and, and of that his... aspect is the one I always think about, right? God's up right. above. He's in the throne room. He's in the, right. the heavenlies. It's like this crazy, faraway, mystical place that, you know, I can't really can't relate to. Right. But the problem <laughs> that with sense. that, but the Especially problem with that new. is right. you're yeah. describing the belief system that the enemy wants to keep us in. Yes, I know. Because yeah. if he can keep us afar. Right, apart, like. If he can keep us at a distance with God, he has a lot better chance of messing with us and killing, stealing, destroying any place he can get enough horsepower to make it happen. Especially if he can create that, turn that perception into what you think is actually a truth. Right. But what shifts the field and shifts the game on him is when we connect in nearness. Mm Mm-hmm. So and God connects in nearness. Say the whole verse. Yeah, what's the next part of that verse, right? He's above us. Okay, so he's one God and Father yeah. who's above all, Yep. by all, and in all. Look at the three realms. And mm-hmm. what if those three realms are what he's, the three realms he passionately wants to have personal relationship with us in? Mm-hmm. So he wants us in nearness in each of those realms. The first realm is what we're talking about, above, in heavenly places, boldly coming before the throne. The Mm -hmm. other one we mentioned is seated in Christ next to him on the throne. Mm -hmm. See, those are two places of nearness. See, either nearness right before the throne, maybe bowing, Mm -hmm. but that daughter, she passes right through that, and she goes into that embrace, Mm -hmm. that prodigal son embrace that restored the prodigal into who his real identity was. Not come home to just be a servant in my father's house. Mm -hmm. Father grabbed a hold of him and restored him into the father-son oneness. Mm-hmm. that he was created to operate in. He came home out of his selfish, I'm going to make it on my own, do what I want, when I want, where I want, 
And that ended up in the pig pen. And we've all mm -hmm. experienced our own degrees of that. Mm -hmm. He came to his senses in the middle of trying to do it in survival mode by himself. Mm -hmm. He couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And he broke. Right. And he said, I'm going home. Even if I have to surrender and be a servant forever, I'm going home. Mm -hmm. And when Father saw that brokenness, saw that restoration attitude that was on him, he knew. And it tells us Father ran down the road. Because mm -hmm. he could see it all over his son. He was dead in his prodigal desires, which is to go make it big on your own, excessive. Now, prodigal is all about making it excessive. You follow me? Mm -hmm. Which put him into survival. It didn't work. He broke, and then he was in survival. And those, that was the pattern for him to come home. So here he comes down the road. He comes into Father's embrace, and Father is just restoring. I need to restore you into who your identity really is as my son. Just let me hold you here. Mm -hmm. Let this settle in you. Let me restore your legitimacy. Mm -hmm. Out there by yourself, doing your own thing, or out there broken in survival, legitimacy is tied to power and dominion. Mm-hmm. If you don't have legitimacy settled, you have no power and dominion. He tried to do legitimacy by himself, make himself legitimate with his his own works. Right. And it didn't work. Well, and you know what, though? Interesting, I think, in that story, too, is the other son, his brother, who tried to make himself legitimate through following almost the spirit of religion, what's fair, what's right, the processes, right? And he was upset that his father would honor the prodigal son. And it drove a wedge in his, he allowed that to drive a wedge in his relationship with the father. So we have, there's a lot of kind of forces, I think, where we're coming from that are preventing us from being in, that, go ahead. That, that older brother, yeah, he had total availability of nearness. Mm -hmm. And he excused it every day mm -hmm. so he could perform in the field perform and get to do his own thing with his own friends. Right. He was in the vicinity of nearness. And he could have but, totally embraced it. And he could have embraced it. But just like the prodigal, he was dead in his own pursuit and not fully alive in the embrace with Father that he should have had. What do you think causes that? You and I both know a lot of people that are probably in that category, right? John, think about our culture. Mm -hmm. It programs us this way. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to grow up, leave home, go make a living for our own family. Most of us have been raised in a sports culture mm -hmm. or parents that love academics and they push us hard in academics, and I had both. Yeah, mostly because the parents never succeeded and they went... They want the kids to do what they couldn't. Well, all of our, all, all of us <laughs> as parents <laughs> want our kids right. to go beyond where we do. Yeah. Right. It's just natural for us to think mm -hmm. that way. And we tend to push our kids with more of a performance-driven acceptance mm -hmm. than a relational acceptance. Yeah. It's taken me year, nine kids and 30 years of trying to do this to slowly figure it out, and I'm still not there. Mm -hmm. But let's go back and close the gap on these realms real quick. Yeah. Okay. So we've got this 
embrace of the daughter coming into the throne room above. Mm -hmm. And Father not only wants her to learn to boldly come in prayer, but he wants her to sit next to him because he says he raised her up in Christ and set him, set her next to him. So she's got a choice of whether she wants to believe what the word says, Mm -hmm. his word says, I -hmm. set you here next to me. This is a place you can access right now. So a real practical way, you go into your prayer closet, Mm -hmm. you can imagine yourself or see yourself praying from that prayer closet all the way up to heaven and God hearing you from up there and answering your prayers. That's kind of a long distance model, but it works. And it especially works when we have childlike faith and it doesn't work as well when we're older and he's expecting us to mature and grow up and get into more realms of nearness. I always picture myself like in the throne room with the host of heaven around me having a conversation with the father and see as i worked with you that was actually hard for me to do i almost felt like who am i to picture myself in that kind of relationship and you actually gave me the permission to actually in my mind picture that and that was a seed that grew into a much stronger faith for me okay so john let's back up think of the daughter Mm -hmm. outside with the doors closed yeah She sees who she is on the outside and how much Father loves her. Mm -hmm. He loves her on the outside. He loves who her heart is. Mm -hmm. But she decides to step up to a whole other level of belief before she goes in. Mm -hmm. She puts her hands on her core. Mm -hmm. And she just rejoices in how big Christ is in her. Mm -hmm. She surrendered her life to Christ. Christ came into her heart as a young girl. She asked Jesus into her heart. Guess what? He's still there. He's never left. So she reminds herself of that in her belief system. So she's not only beautiful as the father's daughter, but she's beautiful because Christ is powerfully in her. Now let's open those doors and let her go in. She's carrying a belief system to come before Father, not only in who she is saved and redeemed as the Mm -hmm. Father's daughter, because Christ Mm -hmm. has done it for her, Mm -hmm. but she's carrying him in her. Yeah. Okay, so see, now she comes before. See, she's a whole different woman of God when she steps into that place carrying Christ in her. And the bigness of who he is in her. And she steps up before that throne. This is one powerful woman of God. Yes, she's got childlike faith that moves mm-hmm. powerfully. But she's got mature woman faith because she's carrying him in her. And Father sees where she's at and how she believes. And his smile not only delights in who she is as his much-loved daughter, but his smile is beaming because he sees she's believing she's carrying Christ in her, the hope of glory. And she's coming into that place. And the whole place knows it because she is releasing the fragrance of Christ who's in her. She's releasing the beauty of who she is as the father's daughter. And she steps up to that throne to get answers and a release of mercy and grace that goes with her back into her problems and it slays giants. Mm. That's who she is. Okay, so we're mixing some realms here. You see it. Yeah, we need to start getting a little bit deeper here though, Terry. Well, let's go. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Because so, I want you to talk about, uh, right? Because, yeah, that's so, this realm, right? And we just, I think it was important. There's a reason but, we went here because, you know what, there's people listening right now that this was exactly, I don't know who it is, but you know, is exactly what they just needed to hear. Cindy's over here raising her hand. She's been listening in. So think about this. I've boldly gone before the throne. Mm-hmm. Most of my life in inferior identities. Right, like I described, right? Like, I, who am I to think I who can even picture I? myself sitting next to God in front of the host of heavens okay, actually so, having a conversation? So let's back up. Let's go yeah. back to our old belief system. Let's go stand outside the door. Right. And let's evaluate our performance over the last season. You but, know what it is for me? Knocking and actually hoping that the door is answered. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's Ramstead. Yeah. yeah not it's, today. It's, it's like, it's like, <laughs> when I. It's Ramstead again. Yeah, yeah it's Ram, Not today. The way, I like to, the way I like to describe that is okay, we'll have the faith paradigm from my prayer closet. Right. We've got a long distance phone connection to mm-hmm. Father on his throne above. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's get on the phone and expect. That we're probably going to get voicemail. Right. And we hope he returns the call. Yes. And that's the way my prayers were for years and years. You throw up a prayer. Mm-hmm. It goes into voicemail. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you're really hopeful that he'll go through his voicemail or it isn't full and you get left out, you know. Right. Okay. But the issue is it comes back to an identity of who we mm-hmm. believe we are mm-hmm. and whether we can come into nearness or not. Now, all of us, if we look at ourselves, we're going to disqualify ourselves. Nobody knows our shortcomings better than we do. Nobody's more critical on John. No, no, I'm not letting you get by that. Let me ask you something. (laughs) Nobody is more critical on John than who is? Than myself. That's true. We're all that way. Yeah. Because we can see all of our stuff clearer than anybody so it's easy for us to disqualify ourselves if we think performance based approach to god Mm -hmm. we'll disqualify ourselves every time and i think a lot of that comes from you know for myself you see you mentioned this amazing experience with your father right this thing that really helped really imprint on you this uh, healthy this amazing father-son relationship there's a lot of people, though, that they've been raised where to even have somebody give, show them affection, to even say, I love you, if they've even heard it, to somebody to, to uh, give them any kind of affirmation. It's based on not who they are, but it's on what they've done, mm-hmm. right? And I know this is absolutely was part of something that I did, was to actually understanding the human relationships right? Father, mother with men and women, right? To just um, naturally, without even a thought, say, you know what? That must be part of the Father. We were made in His image. So this has got to be part of it. I, it was hard for me to actually say, you know what? To understand, you know, that Father God actually has a very different nature than people down here, Does, if that makes sense. What do you say to people that have maybe in their whole life have actually, what you're talking about, have never experienced somebody loving them without condition? We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. 
Have you ever read a classic book and then reread it months or years later? John and I do this with How to Win Friends and Influence People. I know many people that do this with Five Levels of Leadership by John Maxwell and many others. Well, Blinkist allows you to reread the key thoughts and insights of these books, as well as 2,500 more, most in less than 15 minutes. John and I both signed up for Blinkist last year, and we are big fans. I recently reread the Blinkist summary for How to Win Friends once a night for a few consecutive nights right before bed just to get those concepts in my conscious and subconscious minds. The app says that that one's a 21-minute read, but I got it done in around 15 minutes. I also re-reviewed other books like The Lean Startup, Played Bigger, Launched by Jeff Walker, The War of Art, many, many more. Read via their mobile app, which is beautifully designed, or at the website, or export to your Kindle. You can even listen to the audio versions on the go or while you read along. Here's the best part. You can try Blinkist for a free seven-day trial. Embedded in the summary of this MP3 is our affiliate link, which you can access at eternalleadership.com slash blink. That's eternalleadership.com slash blink. And if you subscribe by using that link we provide, it's an easy way to help support the work that John, Sandra, Phidias, Daisy, and myself are doing to keep this show going for you. We only want to promote products and services that we personally use and are fans of, and this is one of them. Check out that affiliate link, eternalleadership.com slash blink to learn more. Thanks. I love picturing just imagining that embrace between the prodigal that came home and mm. father. And what if not just five minutes or 30 seconds, however long that embrace took, mm-hmm. I think it was a long one, mm. but what if that embrace restored 20 years of mess up? What if that embrace was so powerful, it began to restore from the inside out everything that had gone amiss, all the trauma, all the selfish choices, all the wayward living, all of that just began to melt out of the prodigal because he was back where he was supposed to be in father's arms, in relationship with father, being restored, the robes, the shoes, the ring. He was restoring him into the fullness of who he was created to be, to move with father in the future. The thing I always love to think about is what the prodigal lost was more than restored and restored partnership with father. Mm -hmm. I fully believe that it doesn't tell us in scripture, but what the prodigal and the father then did in the latter years, more than made up for what he lost. Cause that's what we see in how Jesus restored everything. The first Adam lost. Mm -hmm. See, he more than made up Mm -hmm. for what the first Adam blew. And as the second Adam, he so restored powerfully what the first Adam lost, okay? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How did he do it? He did it in nearness with the Father mm-hmm. instead of going to work without the Father. Now think of what happened with Adam and Eve when they went to tend the garden without Father. Mm. That's when they fell. Mm-hmm. But Jesus came and he made a practice of doing work every day with Father's nearness, with him and in him. Mm 
Mm-hmm. That was his secret sauce. And when you say in him, what do you mean by father in him? Okay. One God and father mm-hmm. who's above all, mm-hmm. by all, mm-hmm. and in all. John, that last phrase wrecked me. Mm-hmm. When I started pondering on that, I said, wait a minute, I've got Father up in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have him down here That's in what we've me. we've been taught our whole life, right? I've got Holy Spirit down here with me. Yeah. And we accept Jesus into our heart. we accept Jesus into our heart. We've actually got him in there. But we know he's up there seated next to the Father. And so... A lot of times we're taught, okay, we just got to trust Holy Spirit, which is a beautiful and right and foundational concept. Mm -hmm. It's more than a concept. It's a reality. We have to have that relationship with Holy Spirit. There's an interesting progression in John 14. If you look at this, you'll see it. In John 14, verses 16 and 17, Jesus is making this promise Mm -hmm. to his disciples. This is the last coaching session, the Mm -hmm. upper room. He said, you got to get this stuff because you're going to need it without me. Okay. And he says, I'm going to ask the father and he's going to send the Holy Spirit to you and he's going to be with you and in you. Here are the two realms. Yeah. He's going to be on the outside of you. I always focus on the in you though. I I have it. He's going to be on the outside of you in the invisible realm. And he's going to be on the inside of you in the invisible realm. Okay? You know what the next verse 18 is? Jesus says this, I will not leave you as orphans, Mm. but I will come to you. Oh, baby, we just upped the game. Mm -hmm. Jesus asked Father to send the Holy Spirit. We get the Holy Spirit. He wants to be in us and with us. Those realms, Mm -hmm. the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's come near. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit with us, around us. The kingdom of heaven is within. Oh, he likes that realm too. Okay, so we asked Jesus into our heart, right? When we were young kids, that's the inner realm. So is Christ in you? Oh, yeah. He, He is. See, he's in us. Is he seated at the right hand of the Father? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're telling me he's in both of those realms. He's in all three. He's in all three. He's above, mm-hmm. he's by, and he's within. Father is above, he's by, and within. We'll go deep theologically for just a second. How are you going to get Father down here? Well, he either has the ability himself to fill all three realms at once, if we'll just believe it, mm-hmm. or he'll love to hide inside Holy Spirit... Because the fullness of deity dwelt in Christ in bodily form. Mm -hmm. So who does that mean was in him? Father Mm -hmm. and Holy Spirit were in him. Well, can I share something with you? Hold on. 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 Yep. (laughs) There's a key piece here that we don't often think about. Mm -hmm. According to Philippians, Jesus Mm -hmm. humbled himself and he laid aside his deity to come down here and be a man. Mm. To be born of a virgin. Mm-hmm. He laid his deity aside. So to just think of his robes of royalty. And he sets them aside and says, I'm going on the assignment, Father. I'm going to go down. I'm going to be born. Mm-hmm. I'm going to live this thing out as a man. Okay? He didn't exercise his deity while he was down here. He laid it aside. Mm-hmm. But the fullness of deity was in him. 
Mm-hmm. So out of right relationship with Holy Spirit in him mm-hmm. and with him, and out of right relationship with the Father who was with him and in him, one God and Father, who's above all, he's by all. By the word, that word by is often translated by the different virgins as through. That truth is true, but I don't think it really accurately translates that verse. And this is one. The word dia is the word there. And two-thirds of the time it's translated as by. By is in like next to me, near next me. Like to you, you and I you. walking along and uh, so, through on a forest path, having a conversation shoulder yeah. to shoulder. And, so, and, and there are often scriptures that talks about the Lord as our rear guard and he goes before us. Exactly. And, so, and so I would assume, Terry, that this is kind of the level at which by is. By beautifully describes, mm. I see six descriptions in scripture and I've done a little study and we could make that available, mm-hmm. but it's a... There's all these verses that talk about that God is above us, mm-hmm. okay, as in a shadow, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. It's like Father, like the burning it, bush on Mount on the mountain, right? Like it's this. You could see it that way, but there's also we get to rest in the everlasting arms of Father. There's all these verses that talk about Him being under us. There's verses that talk about him being to our right, being to our left, going before us, being our rear guard, as Steve mentioned. Scripture, it's amazing how many verses describe all those six positions, above, below, Mm -hmm. left, right, front, and back. And then you start dwelling on those, you say, oh my gosh, he is a God who is by us. He's in all those. He loves being with us. He loves protecting us right with us, in nearness, all around us, going with us. That's who he loves to be. But then there's deeper than that, there's this realm of he loves being on the inside of us. All mm-hmm. those scriptures that talk about Christ in us, all the scriptures that talk about Holy Spirit in us. And there's a ton of scriptures that talk about Father being in us. That's what wrecked me, is because I always had him up there and I didn't know that he could invade on the inside too. And what so, did that mean to you as you understood that, right? Because that is truth, yeah, right? Well, I remember... What do you mean it wrecked you? When you said it wrecked I, uh, you... Let me tell you the story real quick. I was down on Academy Avenue, which is down in the middle of Colorado Springs. Yeah. And I was pondering that verse in John 14, verses 10 and 11. And verse 10 says, Jesus says this, and he's really serious trying to impart the final keys of the kingdom to his disciples because he knows he's going to the cross... That night, he's going to be arrested after this supper. Okay, so he's transferring vital secrets of the kingdom to them. They've got to get this because they're going to need it without him. Okay? Mm -hmm. And he says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? Mm -hmm. The words I'm saying to you are not my own. But it's the Father in me, dwelling in me, that's doing the work that's been doing all this stuff he's been operating in. And he's, well, he'd been trying to get them to understand that now, for about three John, years. My, in my belief system, I had Father in heaven mm-hmm. releasing grace and mercy down to Jesus. Through Jesus, like a conduit. With, right? Sending the Holy Spirit down to help him. I'm thinking it's Holy Spirit in him that's been doing all these miracles. Yeah. That verse wrecked me. Mm-hmm. 
Because Father is taking credit out of the realm inside of Christ, mm -hmm. being the one that was doing the work, who raised Lazarus from the grave, mm -hmm. who he raised Tabitha. I mean, you start looking at who was casting out demons. Father was secretly down here in the game, and nobody knew it, and Father was kicking the enemy's tail time after time after time <laughs> through Christ and exploding in dominion from the inside of Christ to the outer realm in whatever situation he hit. And Father was just killing it on offense through Christ in the middle of the game. And Jesus says, do you not believe that this is the way it's working? And it just hit me. He said, John, I don't believe it's him in me. I got Holy Spirit in me. I've got Christ in me. But I got Father up there. I don't believe that he can also be down here in the game the way he sent Holy Spirit down here to be the, in the game, the way Christ in me is in the game. I haven't stretched my belief system to have all three in me. Well, if you're going to get in a gang fight and you pull up on a bad street, do you want four doors opening or do you just want one? And it's just you. I want all four doors opening. I, no, want, I, I want the guys with and, big guns and, getting and, out. And the thing that Jesus was pointing out, it says, you want Father getting out of one of those doors. He's fact, the, I'd stay in the car and let them go handle he's it. He's the one that's going to deal with this thing. And it's unstoppable. Right. And so... Going back to my picture of me and dad in the truck, yeah, I began to realize father was showing me with my own dad mm -hmm. how much he loved to be with us in the front seat of the pickup. Mm -hmm. Now, the challenging thing is that we have to believe Holy Spirit, Christ, or Father are with us in the invisible realms. And that's kind of hard for us physical beings that are so focused on outward appearance, doing life as best we can and who we Run are company, as, making decisions, as human all beings. The stuff. Yep. It's a challenge for us to go into the invisible realms and have the faith and belief system that it's an invisible God who loves to be near us, mm -hmm. one God and Father who's above all in the invisible. Mm -hmm by all in the invisible, mm -hmm. and within all in the invisible. You know what that means, John? Let's go to the inner realm. Mm -hmm. Father loves hiding inside you, sounding like your voice, moving with what your hands accomplish. Finding joy in what you find joy in. Delighting in what you delight in. In fact, giving you the desires of his heart, which become the desires of your heart. And you can't even separate whose desire is whose, but you just move in your desires because you love God. And he says, man, I can work with that. I love doing what you do because you love doing what I do hidden on the inside of you. Mm -hmm. See, that's who he is in us. Mm -hmm. He loves to move and have his being in us 
we move and live and have our being in him, he gets to move and live and have his being in us because we believe he's in us. We create a pathway of belief for him to be mighty and massive and powerful, and he loves to mess things up from the inside out. (laughs) More so, I think, than from heaven down. That's the big revelation that's hitting is if we will get him built in our belief system as a God who loves to be with us on the outside in nearness. And these scriptures will just infuse your faith with that reality if you'll go after them and spend some time with them in stillness and begin to see, oh my gosh, that verse is speaking to me. I can sense him at my right hand. Why would he want to be at your right hand? You know what one of the scriptures talks about? He loves to be at our right hand so he can cut off the accusations of others against us. So what if you would believe that Father is at your right hand and he's got a sword to cut off those curses that evil would want on your business, they would want to speak through those they have control of so that they can have a voice in the earth. They can be the invisible reality that's driving them. And they don't even realize what they're doing, but they actually are wanting your demise because they've delighted in things they shouldn't have. So now they've taken on the desires of the ones that are putting desires in them, evil's putting desires, and they want your Christian business destroyed. Well, what if you just overrule all that because you say, my father's at my right hand. He cuts all of that off of me. I'm not going to spend too much time with this. I'm too busy loving him, and we're moving together to advance this business. That's a whole lot better than to get obsessed with warfare that's bigger than you are. But it's not bigger than who you are in nearness. Now, I will say this. And we've all lived it. It is often bigger than who we are in farness. When we have a long-distance relationship with God, the Bible describes it as being in the wilderness. We all know that. That's being at a distance. How do I get back? James 4.8, draw near to God. And what's the other promise? He'll draw near to you. Okay, now that is not a verse about concepts. It's not really even a verse primarily about, okay, I'll draw near to God in prayer. I'm going to go into my prayer closet. I'm going to get on that phone line and leave a voicemail. That's not what that's about, John. That's what you said you were doing. Right. You would go into your prayer closet, and then you would go into the throne room, and you would see yourself there boldly coming before the throne. Now, here. Feeling unworthy. Yes. But here's what you were doing. But here's what you were doing right. Mm -hmm. You were believing the word. Yeah moving on the power of the truth that the word says, and you literally were going into the throne room, even though you felt unworthy, but the word says you could go through that door. Mm -hmm. So you took that truth, you moved in the truth, and you went into the nearness of coming before the throne. 
See, that's a place of nearness. You go into those doors in prayer. You get those doors to go open up. And by the way, if you just look at Christ in you, he has no problem getting those doors open. You look at your performance, you're going to stand out there for days trying to get into those doors. But if you just remember that Jesus is in you, he has every right to open those doors and just let the bigness of who he is in you open those doors and go in and be who you are redeemed in him and yeah. let his righteousness, his glory, his favor with the Father just take you boldly up before the throne. Okay. Yeah, what was the verse you guys just quoted? What was the reference? That's Hebrews 4. That if you draw close to me. That's James 4.8. James 4.8. You know what? That's a promise. It is a promise. Now think about this, John. You and I are sitting about three feet apart right Mm -hmm. now, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, the audience can't see this, but I'm going to move over and I'm going to close the gap. And I literally leaned over and put my shoulder against John's shoulder, okay? So it'd be like we're maybe even sitting right next to each other in two seats close to each other, okay? All right, John put his arm around me. This is perfect. Okay, so I just drew near to John, okay? Mm -hmm. So let me ask you something. If you go and sit in Christ next to the Father, and I want you to think that that seat there where Christ is sitting next to the Father, that is closed nearness. They're sitting shoulder to shoulder, Okay, so if Jesus goes and chooses to sit down there, or if John goes to sit down there in Christ next to the Father, you locationally in your faith paradigm and in your belief system decided, I'm not going to have my prayer time in my prayer closet today. I'm going to go in my prayer closet, but that's not where I'm going. I'm going to go sit in Christ next to the Father, and I'm going to pray from who I am, seated in Christ right there next to the Father. Because I know what James 4, 8 says. James 4, 8 says, if I'll draw near to God, he'll draw near to me. So I'm going to go sit in Christ right next to the Father. I'm going to have my prayer time seated in Jesus right next to the Father with my left shoulder touching father's right shoulder i'm closing the gap in nearness because father says he set me there so if he sent me there then i believe it i'm going to move in it my spirit was made to move in what the father says so i'm going to go have my prayer time seated in christ next to the father mm-hmm. now is that about my worth and performance no christ is in me so if christ is in me and he raised me up with him That's their doing to get me there. So they figure I'm worthy because I'm in Christ. So I can sit there. It's not about me and my word. It's about by grace I have been saved. And that grace grabs a hold of me and sets me there in Christ next to the Father so I can have relationship and nearness. So you go. Instead of having your prayer time in your prayer closet, you go in there, but that's not where you're really at because your heart loves mm. nearness with Father. And your heart goes and sets in Christ, and you're doing your prayer time seated there next to Father in Christ. Now, as people have been hearing this whole conversation, there's new learning, there's new awareness, there's their understanding that the dimension, how, how they've seen their faith has been expanded, it's been stretched, and they, they really want to explore, step into, learn uh, everything that you're talking about. What do you recommend next as people have heard this conversation? Yes. So if they can feel Mm -hmm. this passion in their core right now, Mm -hmm. that passion that helps them love to pray, 
that unction to function we were talking about. You follow me? Yeah. Each of us have that feeling. We know that core. That's our spirit wanting to get in the game and play. Mm -hmm. See, our spirit loves to go set in Christ next to the Father and lead us in our prayer time. I mean, we're connected from the passion of our heart in that time. Now, our intellect often tends to argue with this because it'll review the list of our failure and our performance, but what about this? Or, you know, we can come up with all these reasons that we're unworthy to be in that kind of nearness. Yeah. Okay, the choice comes right then. Mm. Which voice you're going to listen to? Which passion you're going to listen to? You're going to listen to the analytical argument that's got some past experience, got past failures. You got, to your Bible study friends who were like all of Job's friends. Yeah. So, so who are <laughs> right? you going to listen to at that? Are you going to listen to the passion of your heart right. and go where you were created and made to sit? Yeah. See, you, you start dwelling on that verse and God says, by grace, you have been saved and that he's raised us up and said it there. You got to choose whether you're going to believe that or not. Yeah. And you got to believe it with your heart. And by the way, we've got one thing backwards. How many times have we heard that we got to get the word in our mind and then get it down into our heart? You ever heard that? We got to think that on the 18 word inches that 18 inches we got to get it down to get it down no it's the other way around the word when it comes alive hits us in our spirit mm -hmm. our heart loves the word you follow me yeah. and we feel that truth in our core we feel that truth in who we are from the inside out and we grab a hold of that truth that Father speaking to us in that moment through that scripture or that book that's got truth in it or that individual that's speaking into our lives. And we know, man, that's hitting me at the level of my heart. Man, there's, this is speaking life to who I am on the inside. We have to get a hold of that and our spirit grabs a hold of it. And then we got to get our minds and our brain to catch up. So revelation and truth understanding and wisdom hits us at our core and then our core helps our mind and our understanding get caught up and to also walk in that truth both need to happen but it's actually from the inside out from the core out and it trains our mind that's the renewing of the mind that romans 8 talks about right you follow me yeah. it's the renewing that comes from the inside out Okay, so we kind of got on that rabbit trail, but let's go back, John, to seeing yourself there in your prayer time seated in Christ next to Father. So let me challenge you with an amazing thought that you can go after. How much love does Father have for Christ? Sitting there right next to him. How much love does Jesus have for Father sitting right there next to him? That's part of your inheritance. Mm -hmm. See, Jesus has got you. You're seated in him. Mm -hmm. Why can't he coach you right there next to Father how to be a man of prayer that sits next to Father and moves in Christ's passion for the Father and Father's passion for Christ? See, that's what you're tapping into. You're tapping into this eternal relationship between Father and Son. And you're a son a much-loved son. And see, nobody can coach you in that the way Christ can. 
And when you choose to sit in him next to Father, he starts coaching you in his greatest passion. And Jesus said that we would do what he did while he was here and even more. And that fries a lot of people's circuits. But what you're talking about is actually tapping into the true relationship, the true nature of who God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is that actually brings that out through us in this world. John, you're right on the money. But do you know where that verse is? See, we were talking about John 14, 10. Mm -hmm. Do you not believe that I am in the Father? The Father's in me. The words that I say to you are not my own. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's saying the Father's in me. He's mm-hmm. given me the words to mm-hmm. say. And then he says, it's the Father who indwells me that's doing the work. So it's from the Father in him. And that dominion was where all this power is manifesting around Christ mm-hmm. in all these situations. Then Jesus goes into verse 11. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the emphatic mode. Okay, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the works you see that are happening. Mm -hmm. Those two verses set up the verse you just brought up. Mm -hmm. Greater things will you do because I go to the Father. Okay, now ponder this. We know Christ was getting ready to go back up and be seated above. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you go down. Jesus said in verse 18. So now we've done verse 10, verse 11, verse 12 is the verse you brought up. Mm-hmm. You go on down 16 and 7. I'm going to send Holy Spirit. He'll be in you and with you. Verse 18. I'll not leave you as an orphan, John. I'm going to come get in the game. Mm-hmm. Jesus. So you got Holy Spirit in the game. Now you got Jesus promising he's going to come back down and get in the game with you. Now, in the present. In this the present. Some future this is, this is, coming back through the, the cloud the, deal. The thief would love to push all of this when we all get to heaven. After the tribulation and, and revelation and, and all keep, that stuff. And keep two-thirds of the fullness up there, <laughs> Christ and right. Father. Don't let them get down here on the field. Yeah. We'll have a lot better chance if we can only have Holy Spirit down here on the field. Mm. Think about it from the enemy's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus said, no. Nope. And then I can drive a wedge between you and the Holy Spirit through yeah. guilt and shame and all kinds of other yeah. weapons that he's mastered. And so Jesus says, I'm not leaving you as an orphan. I will come to you. But yeah. then you get down to verse 23 in John 14. He says this, I and the Father will come and make our dwelling in you. Mm. Oh, baby. Promise of... <laughs> Holy Spirit, verses 16 and 17. Christ says, I'm going to come get in the game with you, verse 18. Verse 23, Jesus says, I'm bringing the Father with me. We're all going to be in the game with you. So basically what you're talking about, I'm rolling up into trouble with my whole crew. You you are. <laughs> and, and let me tell you something. It is a bad day for evil. It is a bad day for the giants when all three of when the fullness shows up, yep. it's over. Now, how do people get in touch with you, Terry, to follow up, to connect? To I have a website called partneringwithfather.com. Yep. And I also have the website partneringwithfather.org. Okay. The .org side is a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and the .com side is our executive leadership training business division. Okay. So you can... Go to either 
and we're going to have partnering with Father summits that can happen at your local business. If you want to host one of those or host one in your city for strategic leadership, we're going after sons and daughters that know they have this, what I like to call this Joshua or Caleb anointing, Mm -hmm. men, women who are after God's own heart, Mm -hmm. or men and women that have this David anointing, they're a man or a woman. After God's heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I said that wrong about Joshua and Caleb. Mm -hmm. It said about Caleb, he was a man of a different spirit. And by the way, you see those two, when they went to spy out the land with Mm -hmm. the other 10, the difference was they knew that the Lord was with them. The other 10 could only see how big the giants were. They immediately went into survival mode and they led the rebellion. They They led the rebellion to go back to Egypt, go back into bondage and just survive as best you can. That's where the enemy wants to take us. We have these issues that hit us in family, in business, and it tries to throw us into survival mode. Well, how do you overcome survival mode? Nearness. Mm -hmm. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. And the interesting thing about Joshua and Caleb, it said this, as they were spying out the land, they were arguing, we can take the land. Why? And we're describing the giants. You follow me? And they said this about the giants. Do you not realize that the giants' protection has been removed from them? Literally in the Hebrew, it says their shadow has been removed. Mm -hmm. And then they make this crazy statement. And God is with us. So Joshua and Caleb. They got it. They got it. And you know why Joshua got it? Because he'd go hang out in the tent of meeting with Moses. And when Moses would leave, Joshua would stay in the tent of the meeting. Mm -hmm. So Joshua tuned himself to the invisible nearness of God. He would go hang out in the tent of meeting. He would go get in stillness and get in God's presence and learn who he is. Well, that's what we've been talking about today. Go have your prayer time seated next to him. Go into your prayer closet, get one of those verses, and imagine that Father's sitting there right next to you, or Christ Mm -hmm. is right next to you in the prayer closet. You've drawn near to God locationally. You know, I love that. Bring an extra chair into your prayer closet. Perfect. And one day you can set it in front of you. One day you can set it on the left. One day you can set it on the right. You can practice all those promises of His nearness all around you. And you begin to develop a practical locational nearness with God. See, when you went to the throne room in your prayers, you locationally went there. Yeah. This draw near to God is a locational <clears throat> verse. Mm-hmm. You have to draw near in the spirit, in your heart, in passion to God. And then he'll draw near to you. And the part that I left out a minute ago when I leaned over and touched your shoulder, I did the first part. I drew near to you. Now think about this. You leaned over and leaned next to the Father seated in Christ. My response was to lean, is to then put my arm around you. 
Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you did. And that's a picture of father then even leaning in near. But think about leaning into father. And now he's got to fill his promise. You went up there. You sat next to him in Christ. You leaned over. You leaned into him. And now he gets to fulfill his promise. He's going to draw near to you. He's either going to put his arm around you like you did me. Or I'm going to put he's, my head on his shoulder and he's going to just lean his cheek or, down on or, the, or John, my head and just. Or John, look mm-hmm. out, baby, because he's going to move on the inside. Yeah. He's just going to draw right on near and have his place of bigness on the inside of you. So you and Father can move in partnership in all of life, mm-hmm. at work, at home, in who you were created to be. That was Jesus' secret sauce. He moved with Father in him. He moved with Father on the outside of him. And he moved with Father above. Mm -hmm. And he was the ultimate overcomer. Yeah. So everybody out there listening, you know, Jesus said, and it's in John 10.10, right, that he came so that we may live life and live it to the full. You just heard from Terry how to do that. We've also talked about what it looks like to bring God's kingdom here on earth. And I want you to acknowledge that the kingdom, it's not about you actually going and getting something to bring that actually exists right here in the present. It's about you bringing out about the fullness of that kingdom that's already here in you, next to you, around you, above you, into everything that you do and how you do it. And I really hope that this conversation with Terry encourages you to start taking those small steps forward into a faith that is more true, that it's richer, that it's fuller, it's more alive. So, Terry, I can't thank you enough for this whole conversation. And, Steve, I know you have a couple final thoughts here. Yeah. Terry, one of the things early on, you told that beautiful story of being on your father's lap and driving the truck. And there was so much to your story that we weren't able to get to because we just wound you up and let you go. And you just, (laughs) you downloaded and it was beautiful. It was, it was so awesome. People can now understand why for the last four and a half years, as we've gotten to know each other and we've hung out so many times, it's just, it's, oh, my spirit just, my spirit just gets filled up just hanging out with you, but you lost your father. And then you mentioned offhand nine kids, eight daughters with a son, very last one. There are so many aspects to your story about how you develop that father's heart Mm -hmm. and that coming from that place of an orphan Mm -hmm. spirit. And so I promise our listeners we will have Terry back on to unpack so many other things like that overcoming that orphan spirit because you lost your father to cancer at five, was it five or six? six, six years old. So two years later, you lost your father and then coming this whole journey to becoming a father and just journey that we, you and I have been on now for four and a half years. So we will, we will listeners. I promise we will have Terry back on. Thanks for having me. I love telling these stories and going into these truths just so people can begin to open up this original design of who they are from the inside out. See their first father, was Heavenly Father. He wired them in who they're supposed to be in, and they have the hard wiring to move in nearness with Him. He created that in every one of us. He's our first Father. 
And there's the power in our hardwiring and our nearness with him to overcome anything and everything we've been traumatized with, we've been held back, we've been shipwrecked. It doesn't matter. He's wired us to be dangerous. I He's love that. Wired <laughs> us to be dangerous. Why? Because when he's on the field with us, it's a dangerous day for the enemy. It's a dangerous day for those things that come up and those giants, those problems in our lives that should bow the knee to God, but we all have the experiences of losing, of failure, of the mystery of defeat, the agony of defeat. We all have that. And how do you overcome that? Nearness. You begin to go back home into nearness where we all belong and we rebuild out of nearness. And I just want to encourage the listeners today. God's made you with the hardwiring to experience nearness with him above. But that means you've got to go there. Nearness with him right around you. But that means you've got to go there and nearness with him on the inside. And that means you've got to go there and develop the belief system and you can stand on the word of God and the promises in scripture to go into all three of those realms and powerfully restore nearness. And as you choose to locate yourself near to him, he promises to powerfully be near to you and to close this gap into oneness that he created you to move in and then even fullness in who you are and who you get to enjoy with Christ and Holy Spirit and with Father. So I thank you for letting me be with you and I just bless our listeners to move powerfully in nearness and to go partner with Father and be dangerous in who they are. 